What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle from Magpie twenty four seven. Now, it's always joined by Paul. We don't have a guest uh, this week. It's more of a special this one. Uh, we're going to try and stay away from recent news and something like that. Cause want it to be, be this want to be a bit more timeless. So when when we look through the archives of where episodes, we're going to look back at this one as kind of a more more of a timeless classic kind of thing. Um, but we got sent in a couple of suggestions about a month ago by uh, Reese Robson on Facebook. So cheers for sending them in. Best and worst Newcastle team of the Premier League era. Now, me and Paul thought this was a good idea, and it's actually evolved into more because we want to do more episodes regarding that. We want to do um, like all of the signings under the Mike Ashley era ranked or certain managerial like signings that they made over a certain time uh, and ranking them as well. Um, over a, over a certain amount of time, and we think it's a we think it's a good idea. So we're going to start with the with the best Newcastle Premier League eleven with a couple of honourable mentions here and there because I know obviously you'd want you would want a bench, but um, as always, Paul, to to bring you in, you have to start with a goalkeeper. Now Premier League era, I can only really think of four that come to well five if you count. Uh, the best second goalkeeper of all time in Steve Harper. But the four I've went with are Shea Given, Martin Dubravka, Tim Krull, and the late, great Pavel Cernacek. So, Paul, who do you reckon should be Newcastle's best Premier League goalkeeper and why? This was difficult. This was difficult. I've got I've got a rough team right in front of us and I've got more scribble on this sheet around the goalkeeper, but it's between two names for me. Uh, you know, okay. I love I love Timmy Krull. Uh, you know, there's some great uh, keepers you mentioned there. Steve Harbour, ultimate professional. But for me, it's between Shea Given and Martin Dubravka. Um, and like I say, I must have scribbled this out about 10 times, going from one to the other. But for me, ultimately, when I got my thinking cap on, um, I went for Shea Given. You know, the amount of appearances over the longevity of his career. Yes, he left under a little bit of a uh, shitstorm and everything. And he could have done with staying a l- at least a little bit longer just to get up that appearance board that's up at St. James's Park. But he was a fantastic sign and he was bought as an absolute bargain. I mean, both of them were, to be fair. Both keepers were both yeah. bargains. Uh, but I just think, you know, Shea's played... Um, you know, in the Champions League, he's played in European competitions regularly, and um, you know some of the defences as well. The the players that have played in front of him, I don't honestly think that Shea Given. I think he <laughs> would like to take this Bramble and Co. in front of him. He's had some difficult players to you know to guard him, and his yeah. stature and stuff like that. You look at him and you think, not in a month for Sundays are you going to be a goalkeeper? And when we first signed him, I was like, what? Is he two foot what? Wet? Um, <laughs> but he shot up and was absolutely fantastic. His command yeah. of the box came on as his career progressed and stuff. And although it was a really surprising sign in that first, because it was like, why are we making a change in goal? Why do we need to do this? Um, he was absolutely brilliant. One of those blue chip players you could always rely on. Um, I know he played for Sunderland as well, and that did actually come into my mind a little bit. Obviously, an ex-Sunderland player, do you want him to be your best ever uh, Newcastle goalkeeper? But you cannot take it away from Shea Given. You can't. No. And I love I love Martin Dubravka, as you know. Yeah, in terms of current status, I think Martin Dubravka is one of the best in the league. But yeah. for me, this is just a personal opinion, but 10 years ago, 
I think Premier League, the goal, the standard of goalkeeping in the Premier League was a lot higher than it is now. Because you look at the goalkeepers of 10 years ago, the likes of Jens Lehmann, the likes of Van der Sar, Petr Cech when he was in his prime, you know, these really good goalkeepers. Whereas if you compare them to the, the top of the top of the pile now with David De Gea, who concedes a massive mistake, what is nearly every week, you know. So the standard of goalkeeping is, is down massively. But I think Dubravka is a very good goalkeeper. That being said, Shea Givens, my all-time favourite Newcastle goalkeeper. Um, some of the saves he made. I mean, my favourite save from Shea Given was, I, I don't think it's like as known as like the save against Sunderland and things like that, but we beat Arsenal at St James's Park, 1-0. Nobby Solano scored the winner. And Thierry Henry had a, had a volley from like eight yards out. And I don't know how Given saved it because he pelted it, it uh, to his, to, I think to his left hand, to his left side or to the right of Henri, and it was just a phenomenal save. Really unbelievable, unbelievable shot stopper. One hundred, just one hundred percent for me. The the best Newcastle goalkeeper of all time. He made so many appearances. He got forced out by the current regime at the club, which is a damn shame. He should have retired at Newcastle, but. It didn't for me. It takes nothing away from Shea Given. He's the he's the best Newcastle goalkeeper of all time. Um, not just Premier League for me. Uh, Dubravka and I think Pavel Cernicek deserves an honourable mention as well. Um, great character, the man. Uh, fell in love with Newcastle when he came up here. Uh, two spells at Newcastle as well was helped the likes of Tim Crawl and and uh, and, and Steve Harper as well. So. You know, great, great professional in Parvin. I think he'll always be remembered as one of Newcastle's best goalkeepers. But for me, Shea Given is all, the all-time best Newcastle goalkeeper and our goalkeeper in this list. So we'll move on to um, the right back situation. I think this is a little bit more, a little bit more difficult because you yeah, look at the, you, you look at the likes of um, the the entertainers team. What a good, what a good right back. Uh, in those days, and more recently, we've had the likes of Matteo Tabushi as well, and and Jan Martin, even Danny Simpson. But I wouldn't put I, I would I don't think I put Danny Simpson on this list. I think I'd uh... come looking for you, Kyle. They already know your postcode, well, half of it. <laughs> <laughs> they know half the postcode. But uh, uh, who would you go for, Paul? Uh, best right back. It, it is. It's a difficult one because we haven't been. As blessed to me, the likes of Yamat and stuff, it leaves a bit of a, a sour taste in my mouth. I went back to the entertainers and I went for Warren Barton. Um, yeah, great player, you know, um, fantastic, could get up and down, had a mint chant as well. So, <laughs> for that reason as well, um, again, breaking transfer records back in the day, but you know, when yeah. you're signing them and everything, and uh. Obviously, still now has got a lot of time for the club, and he one of these players who dispels the old myth that people from other areas of the country, Newcastle fans, don't like. It's not a case of that. Like Warren Barton, if you give your all and you sort of engulf and immerse yourself in the city, Newcastle fans will love you forevermore. And it's a perfect point in case with Warren Barton. But certainly, I take your point with uh, Debushi. You know, for a shorter period of time again. Um, he was a fantastic right back. Um, yeah, but, he was. You know, the, there'll be honourable mentions, I think, for the likes of Aaron Hughes, who deputised at right back a few times. I know Aaron Hughes was a, a master of many different positions and stuff, but I did 
really, really love uh, Aaron. You know, Aaron Hughes, very underrated uh, performer. I had, I had a, I'd agree. Uh, I had a Aaron Hughes shirt actually back in the day, back as a kid. Um, but yeah, very, very underrated player. But he was absolutely fantastic. You could play him anywhere. And he'd give you a game, and he'd stick at it hundred, you know, hundred and ten percent. But yeah, Warren Barton for me. Yeah, uh, uh, to be honest, mate, I kind of disagree. I think Hughes would make a would probably be second in that list, and then Debussy in third because I did rate Debussy in it. Um, it one time statistically was seen as one of the best, the the best fullback in Europe uh, when he was in a Newcastle shirt, and he was a good player. But for me, I think Warren Barton put the put that I was in on the on the pitch. For Newcastle, he played for us for a number of years, consistently delivering at the highest level, competing for the title. And for me, I don't think there's, I think it would be an insult to Warren Barton if we chose anybody else. So yeah, um, there's no disagreement so far, audience, but no, no. Um, do we know what moment, you yeah. think? I think I think um I think there might be later down the road, but we'll 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 see. One of the first uh, one to two centre backs now that we need to pick. Um as you know, Newcastle, not until very recently, haven't been very blessed with um, centre-backs. And I'm sure it'll be more of a hysteric kind of uh, topic in the in the worst video that we'll do. No, the worst podcast. I'm still getting it wrong. I'm still getting it wrong. The worst <laughs> podcasts. Uh, no, the, not the worst podcast. Not this one. I wouldn't affiliate that with, uh, us oh, with no, that. Oh, no, there's some others. There's far worse, Kyle. I've, I've, I've yeah. heard a few, believe me, and uh, yeah, there's a yeah, few yeah. dodgy ones out there. <laughs> uh, a, a couple. But uh, I think we'll affiliate the defenders with worst because I think there'll be, there's there's a number, a great, a, a great number of shit defenders we've had over the years. But... Um, in terms of the best ones for me, I've got Philly Albert and Jonathan Woodgate. They're the two I've went with. Um, Albert was a very technically gifted defender. I mean, yeah, I, I, it, it playing at the highest level, I know it was a Keegan team, so we couldn't really, we, we did leak a lot of goals, but Philly Albert was a very good player and his goal against Man United will like this podcast be very timeless and live for the generations but um yeah i kind of i can't look any i can't look any worse maybe recently you could look at Lascelles or a Colacini, but i think i think philly albert was probably better than the two of them um no disrespect to the uh to Lascelles and Colo. i think they've they've earned the right with um the years they've put in um and then jonathan woodgate i think if he'd have stayed fit and stayed away from Real Madrid, Paul, I think he would have went down as a Newcastle legend, even though he went on to manage Middlesbrough but um, and play for them towards the end of his career. But um, for me, in terms of naturally gifted centre-halves, I, I don't think we had a, had a better one under Bobby Robson. He was absolutely mint. And I think it got to the stage where the club basically said, we can't stop you hand on heart from having an opportunity to play, you know, with Real Madrid. So that deal was done on the basis of that and a bit of honour and a bit of common sense. Uh, yeah, like yourself, I went for Albert. Um, obviously one side. I thought as well, we, we could have picked the cells quite easily. Like you said, Colacini could have been picked quite uh, easily. Woodgate as well. But I think the best two out of those after sort of sitting and again mulling over it many, many times, is uh, Albert and Woodgate. I think Albert 
it gets a little bit harsh treatment because people say that we conceded a lot back then. But if you look at the way that Keegan set it up, he very much played with a system on, you know, attack, attack, attack. And that included from the back, you know, Albert would often go on these mazy runs forward, amazing bursts forwards, taking pops at goal. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was more, I think, a tactical situation that caused us to concede goals rather than particularly any slight on Philip Albert whatsoever. The chip obviously lives long in the memory, as does the Tash, Philip Albert Tash. Legendary. It's <laughs> just he's like Pav. He's one of those players who is iconic with that generation, with the entertainers. He will forever be remembered for that team, for that chip, for that goal, the icing on the you know on top of the cake, the cherry on top of the cake. Uh, so yeah, for me again, I think we're in pretty much agreement. Woodgate, who was fantastic in his limited time here, and Philip Albert, uh, two absolutely wonderful. Uh, you know, technically gifted uh, centre-backs and uh, different types of players, no doubt about it. One liked lots of goals. One, I think, used to get off on the fact of keep, keeping clean sheets. He was absolutely, you know, uh, dedicated to that. But again, you look at the, the, the different uh, players, the different teams that they played in and how they were set up tactically. And I think Robson obviously had a lot more uh, onus on a sound base and building forward. And Keegan was very much we're going to smash you into absolute you know, oblivion. Yeah. And I want the, the defenders to get the ball and I want them to be confident enough on the ball. In a way, it was before his time. Now you see a lot of you know ball-playing defenders who'll take the ball. Think of like a David Luiz or somebody like that. I know. I don't know why he comes to mind straight away. I know. But he's certainly a player who likes to get the ball and then come forward. And it's a very, very similar uh, situation with Philip Albert. He was encouraged to make these absolutely... Um, amazing runs and take on just shoot, have a go, score a Thundercunt. Do you know what I mean? Score the yeah. absolutely ridiculous, but that chip that just sums up that team with how audacious, you know, audacious it was and how attacking and the flair and the attitude and the cockiness and the um, you know, the suaveness about them all. Yeah, uh, yeah. fantastic. So two different styles, two very different types of defenders, but Billy Balbert and Jonathan Woodgate at the back for me. Still no disagreements. It's um, yeah. it's it's quite surprising so far because we went away and did our own teams, if you will, and didn't speak about it until the podcast. And uh, the fact that we've got quite a similar um, outlook so far, great minds think alike. I don't know how well that comment will age, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to we'll move on to left backs, and for me, two come to mind: John Beresford, Jose Enrique. Um, I think I think Beresford would just nip it for me because again, like Warren Barton, he played at the at the highest level, set a very high standard at fullback for Newcastle, and I think it's very similar to Shea Given. I think he's the best left back to ever play for the for the club, uh, as high a praise as that may be. Um, I, I believe it to be true. I just think he was so so naturally gifted, um, and yeah, I I can't look can't look past John Beresford. Like he was a fantastic player for Newcastle, and uh, like Aaron Hughes, as you mentioned before, very underrated. I think fans of past don't really take in how how good he was, um, especially in that entertainers team. He was fantastic. 
like like as well the big stage as well was able to perform at the Champions League very very comfortably. I remember when he notched uh, a double as well. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had the exact same two players down: Jose Enrique, John Beresford. Now the father-in-law will be listening to this, and obviously he was next Barnsley player as well. So we'll get the um, we'll get that in now because otherwise he will be messaging and he'll be commenting underneath saying, "How come you didn't mention the fact he played for Barnsley?" So yes, he did. Um, again, bargain, an absolute bargain of a player, and um, fantastic servant. Like you said playing at the very, very top of his game. He did that for Newcastle. Jose Enrique did stick with us when we were in our time of need and he had a fantastic partnership down the left-hand side, obviously. Um, and again, obviously he's, he's had his, his issues and his problems, hasn't he, health-wise and stuff since, you know, since then. And we wish him all, all the very, very best. Two fantastic players, two top-quality players. Uh, did we see the best of Jose Enrique? Or do you think the bull was better at Liverpool? No, nah, I think we've seen the best of him, Paul. I think he made a ma- I think he made a massive mistake in leaving um leaving Newcastle, to be honest. I think he he had a major injury and then he fell off a cliff massively with confidence. And I really rated Enrique and I think we got the best of him, especially his link up play with um Jonas Gutierrez sure. as well. I think that was that was the best we'd seen of Gutierrez because there was a lot of I know like Gutierrez went on to do some historic things for Newcastle beating Kansas and scoring the winner against West Ham and that. But Gutierrez was kind of hitty missy for Newcastle. Not many people rated him as a player and, and like, you know, and with Enrique, he was just enhanced as a player. He worked so well. Because one thing Gutierrez used to do very well was work hard and and Enrique used to overlap brilliantly and he had the natural fitness of scalping down the field. So he's definitely a, a very, it's it's literally a case of where it's the the highest of, if if wasn't if John Beresford wasn't like nigh on world class, Enrique would be getting in this team. He's fantastic, but it'd be one of the one of the two. Uh, an honourable yeah. mention outside of that, um, Olivia Bernard. May, yeah, Bernard. Bernard would probably be actually Bernard or Enrique. I think Bernard. I, I don't know, it's Paul. Difficult. Uh, it's difficult. It, it, but again, in, injuries, isn't it? It all comes down to injuries, and it all comes down to it as well to the opposition that we were regularly playing at the time. I loved Olivia Bernard. He had he had a strike on him. Always played with a smile. But I just think yeah. Jose Enrique. You've got to think about partnerships. I remember um, Supermac talking recently about partnerships and then partnerships and the friendships that you develop and then clicks and how they can benefit the team. There's no doubt that Jonas uh, Gutierrez and Jose Enrique were a fantastic pair on that left-hand side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Olivia Bernard. I mean, I remember the Manchester United goal, um, but unfortunately, yeah, injury robbed robbed him of a career, sadly. Uh, but yeah. I just still think John Beresford, with regards to the opposition that he did it against, playing at the highest level, um, you know, of of, of football uh, as he did. Um, and I just think again, model professional. Never did a thing wrong whilst he was at Newcastle, and a, an absolute beast of a left back could get up and down all day long. Um, so for me, it would still be uh, John Beresford. Just 
And then with both Enrique and Olivier Bernard being the honourable mentions honorable at left back, two brilliant left yeah. backs. And I think let one know in the in the in the comments what you, who you think's better between Bernard and uh, Enrique. I'd be interested to know because um, I'm going to put that on. I'm, I think that I'm going to put a post on Facebook about that. Yeah, um, it's close. It is close. It is all about really fine margins. Um, I'd be interested to see who's better. But um, we'll move into midfield. Now, uh, so we're gonna we're basically doing a four four two format. So we'll start with the right midfield. Easy peasy on this. I want to know where you went with Paul first. Before. Yeah, I just wrote Arthur. one name. So what, but um, yeah, there is no. Yeah, I wrote one name and I wrote it in right big writing. It was huge, and then I circled it a few times. Yeah, and then I put some nice stars around it. Right. There's only one man who can be out there. Uh, I know we've got some honourable mentions to the likes of Keith right. Gillespie, but it has to be Nobby Solano. He's the most gifted crosser of a ball, set-piece taker and trumpet player that I've ever seen. He's up there with um, yeah, Sonia from uh, EastEnders in trumpet playing. But, you know, fantastic, brilliant player. I've got, I've, again, I mean... If you have came for an argument, I do apologise, but uh, I've got to agree. Um, <laughs> Nobby Solano, over the two times he was here, was just absolutely unbelievable. Um, one of the shouldn't have saw him the first time. One of the most technically gifted players I think we've ever had uh, at this football club. He just he's uh, as Paul mentioned, the crossing ability was second and none. His free kick ability was really underrated as well. Um, I couldn't see any anything yeah. any more nicer things about Nobby Solano. Just a, a brilliant player. I think there's some honourable mentions that need to be mentioned, the likes of Ben Arthur and stuff, and Keith Gillespie, like Paul mentioned. But for me, yeah, Nobby Solano's got on a consistent basis was top notch for Newcastle. I can't, I can't look past him. Maybe even yeah, Kieran Dyer to mention, but yeah, for me, it's got. Yeah, uh, Kieran Dyer. He left a bad taste in my mouth after what happened at Middlesbrough with Bobby. He, that left a major red mark on him. When we signed him, I was so, so pleased, so excited. England international, young, quick, uh, exciting player. But I'm sorry, but he fucked his entire legacy up. That situation down at the Riverside when he refused to do a job for Sir Bobby. And I know he's apologised. I know he's done this, that and the other. But as somebody who lived through that, I was absolutely like shitting nails. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I was that mad. Shitting, spitting, everything nails. Um, so that that sort of disqualifies him for me. But obviously, Keith Gillespie, who can not uh, get out of the mind that night against Barcelona, and uh, we absolutely tore their, you know, their defence, an absolute um, new asshole, basically. And you know, this was Barcelona, the names they had in that team at the time. And you know, everybody talks about Aspria's hat trick, fantastic, yes, it was. But if it wasn't for those crosses, and they were pure filth at times. The ability, oh. the cross, the skill, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, Nobby. Nobby could have played for Real Madrid. Nobby could have played for a Barcelona. He could have played for anybody on the planet. We were absolutely lucky as to have him. And um, again, he was somebody who who fell in love with the area, who fell in love with the club and the fans, and the fans fell in love with him as well. So yeah, one of our very, very, very best players, Nobby Solano. I think he would. I think he would have played for the top teams, Paul, if he had pace. 
because I know yeah. Nobby's a great technical player and stuff, but he was slow. <laughs> not to put it politely, he was very slow. Um, but for what he didn't have in pace, he made up with with a great passing uh, ability, passing IQ, great ability with the ball, and uh, he always he always gave everything. Football as well. intelligence, Kyle. Football intelligence. Yeah. We, we we talk about Joe Linton, right? Who hasn't hasn't got any football intelligence. A fantastic athlete. But he hasn't got football intelligence. He hasn't got that football common sense. Nobby Solano had that in truffles, and he was—he found the space. He found a way to work. He, he let the other players around him who were quick do all the little nice fancy bits, and then he delivered the quality balls, the quality crosses, the quality free kicks, the quality corners, um, and he could fire them, and he could literally drop them under a postage stamp. He was that good, literally that good. You know, he's as good of a crosser as David Beckham. Put it that way. That's high praise. If you're listening to this in 2025, as this is a timeless one, um, <laughs> we'll see how well the Joel Linton comment ages. So if you're, in, if you're in a couple of years down the line from when we, when we filmed this and recorded this, there is all Joel Linton did. He won the World <laughs> Cup in <with> Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> he scored a hat-trick in the final. But... Uh, uh, well, I'll just but remember we Stefan want... Givash once uh, got to the World Cup uh, final and stuff. So anybody can. You can get lucky. Uh, to- Tovan won a World Cup as well. He's got a winner's medal, yeah. for God's sake. I mean, we'll move on to centre midfield now. So just, yeah. they, so just to remind you of the team that we'll have now, it's uh, Given, Barton, Albert, Woodgate, uh, John Beresford, and then Nobby Solano in the right midfield. So centre midfield now. And... Um, We've had some unbelievable centre midfielders in the time of Newcastle. And, and Paul, you'll probably be able to talk about how great Rob Lee is for, for hours on end as a podcast on its own. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was before my time, Rob Lee, but he was probably one of them players I wish I'd seen play. And Rob, if you're listening, I'd love to have you on the podcast one day, mate. You'd be a phenomenal guest as we talk about your career. But um, yeah, uh, Rob Lee would be the first one in the centre midfield for me. Um, what he was at the club for what 10 11 years, 12 years. Um, yeah. and I mean, he, toward the end, he was treated disgustingly. Do you remember he didn't have a squad number at one time? Then he come back yeah. and he got the number 37, scored in the uh, you know the original Wembley Stadium for us. Um, and obviously, changed his game as he got older. Um, and that's what I mean, that's the quality of the man to be able to change the way that you play mid career. And still do it to such a level was absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, it was shocking when he didn't have a squad number or anything. Um, that was sorted. And, uh, you know, the, the rest was history. It was a great goal. But I mean, back in his younger days, when he'd signed from uh, Charlton, I think it was, and um, he was absolutely unbelievable. And we talk about partnerships and the other player that you know who I want to mention straight away as soon as you get to Newcastle Central midfield. I can't say Rob Lee without saying David Batty. I know we've had some very fantastic technical players, the likes of Kabai, who would get up straight away, obviously get a mention. We've had some fantastic players, yeah. even in the one season, Diddy Man. Look at the likes of players that we've had in there. You can go on and on and on. Even nowadays, we've got some great central midfielders um, and some great prospects in there. But for me, the two that have to go in there are Rob Lee and David Batty because they complemented each other so, so well. 
David Batty, I'm telling you something, right? He he would make Mr. T uh, shit his pants. He would. I mean, it's a great shame he, he's a recluse from football these days and stuff like that. Yeah. You see the odd thing, and I'm, I'm like, oh, Batty, you get me a David Batty flag out. But I used to love seeing him play for Newcastle because he was just a nut. Um, <laughs> he was just literally so, so focused. It was like, he was like he was fed raw meat all week and then just released for the 90 <laughs> minutes and then re-caged back up. And for yeah. somebody of such a small stature, you would not mess with a man. I mean, the, the most the, the most famous bit is obviously when Shearer um, had introduced Neil Lennon to the end of his boot and then down at, at uh, Filbert Street. And then Batty comes along because he's next to the pick and just rolls him off. He, Come on, get on with the game, man. Stop being a soft bugger. And that's what I mean. He's... <laughs> He's a player of a generation, uh, the type of player we don't have these days. He wouldn't last two minutes in the modern game. But I used to love his, his tough tackling uh, and his doggedness and his determination and his protection of the of the back line. Um, and like I say, model professional. He, he loved playing the game and then he loved going home to his kids. That was it. There was, there was nothing else for him. Absolute perfect. Uh, professional to have in your in your team, such a great player, uh, and again played at such a high level for us. I can't see past him. I'm not taking anything away from David Batty, but this is where I disagree. Um, I've got to go. I can't look past Gary Speed, Paul. I can't look past Speedo. I can't cheat on uh, this. <laughs> oh, you know where I put him, don't you? <laughs> where you put him? Because <laughs> again, I, I've got scribbles on my bit of paper between. All three of these, I, I even tried to take a striker away to put an extra midfielder in, and I, I kept putting him wide left, which he did play for Newcastle quite a few times because we had issues down the left hand side. Gary Speed, and I love Gary Speed the bits. His headers yeah. were unbelievable. They were like literally bullets out of a gun. You you weren't going to save them. And again, talk about model professional and talk about love from the from the yeah. terraces down down for the player, but. This is such a difficult one because them three players you've just mentioned, literally, how would you split? It's like splitting an atom. It's yeah, it's it's it. I can't I can't leave speed out of that midfield, Paul. I can't. And then if you put speed on the left, you've got all oh, Ginola, Robert. You know, it's it's really Robert was the other one for me on that side. It, it, it's it's really difficult, mate. But I, for me, I think we're just going to have to split it down the middle and say Batty slash Gary Speed, um, because I don't think I'll get past Batty with you since he's like he he's like the main man. I um, I'd love to interview Batty. I would. I know oh. he's a recluse and all these days, but love the opportunity to be able to speak to David Batty in some of the stories. Bye, that for one hundred percent. But Gary Speed was a was one of the iconic players in that Bobby Robson team. Um, came in from what Bolton it was, and he he was just a model professional. I mean, sure has talked about the how much of a leader what he was in the dressing room. Kieran Dye on True Jordy's podcast did the same. Um, yeah, from Everton, uh, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Then he went to Bolton afterwards. I, I think so. Um, but yeah. Newcastle just a unbelievable player, and I think it'll be an insult to to Gary if we if we're left about this out of the team. One of the best midfielders to play for Newcastle, and late great as always. And rest in peace, Gary Speed. But I, I cannot leave him out of the midfield. So it's in our midfield. It'll be Rob Lee, 
partnered with one of David Batty or the late great Gary Speed. I, I think I don't think comments can below, job. I think Kyle, comments below, job. We'll we'll see we'll see who wins the vote. I think I think I think Speed would win the vote, but um, yeah, we'll move on to the left side of midfield. And as I says before, I kind of a spoiler in the midfield, but it's either between Robert or uh, David Ginola uh, for me on the on the Seems left hand side. Speed, Speed or Robert? Yeah, I uh, cheated. I did cheat. <laughs> so, so you left Ginola out. I did, um, and that was difficult. And the re tell you the reason why is because, again, longevity. I just felt. I mean, Janola is a fantastic uh, footballer. He was the pin up for all the the girls when we were at school. Everybody, you know, all the girls loved him. All the lads tried to, you know, recreate the tricks, and you couldn't. He was a special, and he was at the time when foreigners, like foreign players, were just coming into the Premier League. It was yeah. generally being British players previously, um, but. Lovren Robert was just unbelievable. Uh, and the way, he, once he hit the football, it remained hit. He set pieces. His delivery was fantastic. I love Lovren Robert to bits. Um, and it was good when he went, to, I think, to Portsmouth. It just felt, it was like heartbroken. I just didn't like to see it what, one little bit. Um, but this was such a difficult one. I didn't want to leave Speed out because I, I, I do love Gary Speed. Everybody loves Gary Speed. Um, so that that's a good thing. I, I made sure. Yeah. I even Ben Arthur on the left hand side again. How it's so difficult leaving great players out. Well, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't put Ben Arthur in that team, mind, because we've been comparing him to Saint Maximin recently, and uh, I personally think Maximin's better. So I wouldn't put Ben Arthur on the other's team. Um, but for me. Out of the two of them, I'd probably go with Laura Robert. Um, yeah, I, Robert. I, I think he was more of a consistent player for longer. I think he had a had a fantastic relationship with Bobby and the fan base. And I know Ginola had that aura about him, but he did leave in circumstances, you know, uh, similar to the way yeah. Pyatt left him all those years ago, uh, where he kind of demanded to go to PSG and that, and still leaves a bit of a taste because me my dad's told us stories about how he left and yeah it's not very good like but a, a fantastic player great technical mind he has uh david Ginola, and he still has a love with the club for a day uh even in recent day where there's a picture of him out at like in st james's park just looking on uh probably thinking of the memories that he's made that, at that stadium and for me yeah he's a fantastic player but robert to me is better it's a it's a hard argument and you could probably swear the other way on the argument which is fine i don't an argument could be contested for either but for me laura robert yeah same here Lauren robert i think we'll go Lauren robert on our team here there's only really be the one the one position so far that we've ummed and about and i don't think we're going to disagree too much with these strikers like so it's uh, right. pretty good going it, it's, it's not too bad, mate. We're doing good. But uh, the strikers I've went with are um, Emmanuel Rivier and uh, Joss Lou. Wrong, li <laughs> wrong, wrong list. Wrong, wrong list, <laughs> yes. But um, no, in all seriousness, I think one picks itself, Alan Shearer. Um, God. God. <laughs> but yeah. um, the second striker, Paul, is a very, very difficult one. I know currently we're talking about Joel and, and, and you know, we've had some. I don't think he's going to squeeze in my team. 
We've had some we've had some car crashes up front in the last couple of years in particular, but the list I've got is between two. And that is Les Ferdinand and Andy Cole. Oh so that, that that's a two for me. Who are you going with? Well, you'd be no surprise. The generation that I was brought up with, obviously I had the the very joyous memories of uh, growing up as a youngster during the entertainers era. Um, so I have to go for uh, Shira and Sir Les up top. Unbelievable, great partnership. We should have had it for much longer than what we had. Uh, two gods. Les Ferdinand was a fantastic number nine, a fantastic number nine. And she, yeah, like I say, she, she, was, she was God. Uh, I would have put also notable um, mentions in as well for Denver Bar. I like Denver Bar a lot. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Craig Bellamy, even um, Obafemi Martins, probably not, but yeah, for me, it's between Andy Cole and Les Ferdinand. And I've got to be honest, Paul, I'd go Andy Cole out of the two. I just think he was a more natural goal scorer. Um, 41 goals in a, in a, in a league season is. If someone does it a day, they're, they're considered the best player on the planet. So I think Andy Cole just yeah, me. Yeah. But if someone was to say Les Ferdinand, then I wouldn't disagree because when he was at Newcastle, he was fantastic. And I think it was one of Newcastle's biggest ever mistakes to get rid of Les Ferdinand on any. I know they let him go and then Shearer got injured and asked him to stay and he left. But like, they shouldn't it's have let him tournament. Fucking hell, bringing back memories now, Kyle. Uh, I know, but like, I think it was one of new. I think, I, I think when that happened, I think that's like the, the beginning of the end. Do you know what I mean? For 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 Keegan, it wasn't anyway. I think that was the first big, big like thing where it was like question marks, you know. And I think getting rid of Les Ferdinand was a massive mistake because I think if we'd have kept Shearer coming back from his injury at the second part of the season with Les Ferdinand, it might have been able to take him a bit further and challenge for the title. Yeah. But like, yeah. Stupid decision, really. It, stupid decision. It, it was a really stupid decision. But who would I, I, I personally go Andy Cole, but I'll liaise and say um, Les Ferdinand to, to make the, the partnership, to reunite the partnership that, should have been at Newcastle for a hell of a lot longer because yeah. I think they all need together what a couple of months and they scored loads of goals to, between them. It just yeah, different types of players and stuff like that. And there was one time that uh, Ferdinand was going to get the number ninety nine shirt. She was going to have the nine shirt, so it'd have been the triple nine 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 nine. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just sitting here and I'm, it's nothing but positive memories. I just feel a smile and a warmth compared to the absolutely despair that I've got these days with the likes of Joe Linton, Muto and Co. Uh, <laughs> another player we, ha we haven't touched on uh, who was fantastic as well up front was uh, the partner for Andrew, uh, Andrew Cole. Um, and that was uh, Pedro, Peter Beardsley as well. Obviously, we're talking about partnership. Yeah. Um, and again, something that uh, like the Super Mac talks about a lot and about these partnerships and that you don't have to say anything to anyone. You just know where they're at. And they had that sort of psychic, uh, almost connection. You know, they, were, they just knew where they were all the times. And we were so dangerous because at any second, with those two up front, Cole and Beardsley, you were capable of getting of getting a goal, scoring from anywhere, scoring different types of goal. Uh, but 
when I put the two partnerships together, I just think she, obviously Shira and Ferdinand, um, is just unbelievable. And I think what they'd go for in today's market, you know, um, it would literally it would be obscene. Yeah, yeah I think Mike Ackett had a heart attack if he had to sign these players. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> might be not a bad thing. Who knows? Um, but yeah, to me, Shearer and Ferdinand. But obviously, Andrew, Andrew Cole, Andy Cole, whatever you want to call him. Um, I was one of the people who was like, "We selling them? Are, are we? Are we? Are we seven mad? million? It seemed. Are we, yeah, are we giving them a man in that? What? And it was like I, 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 that was the, one of the first times I ever actually questioned Keegan. I used to go up to Durham to see them train and stuff, um, and then be around the stadium on match day. And you would never question Keegan, but when that came, it was like really. And he's like, "Trust me, trust me." I'm sitting there going, "I am trusting you, but this is a big leap of faith you're asking me to take." Do you know what I mean? But uh, I mean, Shearer, there's just no question about it. he's the greatest oh, ever. Well, yeah, call like you say, and again, yeah, love, love by the fans. 100%. Yeah, one hundred percent. For me, it's got to be Shearer and uh, Les Ferdinand on the basis of the partnership, but uh, Andrew Cole and Peter Beardsley deserve honourable mentions as well. But that's our yeah. team. Um, I'll go. I'll go from top to bottom, like before. Uh, given Warren Barton, Albert Woodgate. Uh, left back of John Beresford in midfield: Solano, Lee, Batty slash Gary Speed, uh, Laura Robert, Alan Shearer, and Les Ferdinand leading the line. So that's our team. Let us know yours, and uh, hopefully in a couple of years' time, with the joking comments, I don't age. But um, that's our that's our team, and I hope hope you've enjoyed this podcast. On the next one, we've got the worst Newcastle Premier League eleven. So that should bring a couple more laughs, if anything, because um, we've had some shite over the years. But um, yeah, that's been us. Oh and, yes. Uh, hopefully, he's uh, <laughs> he's enjoyed that one, and uh, we'll catch you on on the next podcast. See you later, everyone.